I am super excited to be bringing our next series, which is titled, I Will. How many of y'all are excited? How many of y'all enjoyed our last series that we did called Forever Family? Pastor Ann did an awesome job um, bringing Forever Family to LCHP, and so I am super pumped, and I am ready to kick the devil in the butt this morning. Uh, my sister sent me a text this morning and said, Jess, just kick the devil in the butt. And I was like, I am going to use that. Yes, okay. So we are going to be diving into Exodus 6, 5 through 9. And this is going to be our foundational scripture for this series um, titled, I Will. And so we're going to read it together if you want to turn in your Bibles with me um, or on your Bible app, you can do that. Um, And we're going to start in verse 5, and it says, I have also heard the groaning, and this is God speaking, I have also heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord your God. And then Exodus 6, 9 says, So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said, but they refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. So in these scriptures, God is affirming his covenant to the children of Israel, and he declares seven I wills in those verses that we just read. Did anybody catch them? So I want you to go in your Bible, and I want you to underline these because I'm going to give them to you. So the first one is what God says I will do for his people is I will bring you out. I will rescue you. I will redeem you. I will take you as my people. I will be your God. I will bring you into the land which I swore to give, and I will give you an heritage. So I want you all to underline those in your Bible because those are promises that the Lord gives us. So the good news of the gospel is that Jesus is the fulfillment of the covenant. Through Christ, God has fulfilled his promises and allows us as Gentiles to partake in the fullness of life that he promised to Abraham. So all those seven promises that he promised to the Israelites, he promises to us as New Testament believers. And so the first point we're going to look at today is before God says, I will, God declares, I have heard. I've heard the groans of my people, and as New Testament believers, we have the hope that God will Because God hears. God hears our prayers, cries, and groans, and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. So I want you to go back up to that verse and underline, and I have heard. Because God hears. Before God ever declares a promise, he tells us, I have heard your prayers. I have heard your cries. I have heard you. So what that means is God has heard every prayer that you've prayed on the mountaintop when you have been like at 100% and life's going great and super awesome. God's heard every prayer that you've prayed in the valley when maybe you've been struggling just a little bit, but life is still a little steady. And God has heard every prayer that you've prayed in the ditch. When you have been at your lowest of lows, when you have been at the most broken place in your life, when you've been in addiction, when you've been in bad relationships, God has heard every prayer that you've prayed. He's heard the cries of your heart, and he cares about them. He cares about you. So we can be confident, we can be confident 
that God hears our prayers and he will answer them because his word says so. So we're going to look at 1 John 5, 14 through 15. And it says, now this is the confidence, underline that. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he what? Hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked for. So what that means is if we know that God hears us, then when we go to him in prayer, we have to know that he, he hears and he is going to answer according to his will. So if we ask anything according to God's will, he hears us. And if he hears us, then he will answer. God's word is his will. That is why it is so important that we know the word of God. That is why it is so important that we preach here at Liberty Church. Don't take mine and Pastor Ian's word for it. Don't take Pastor Keith and Pastor Kelly's word for it. Don't take Forrest and Savannah's word for it. Get in it yourself. God is going to speak to you through this different than he speaks to me through this. Because the Holy Spirit is personable to us. And so I want to talk to us about three elements of prayer really quick. The first element is we pray with our understanding according to his word and his will. So the more you know his word, the more you're going to know his will. So the more that you dive into this for yourself, the more you're going to know God's will for your life. The more that we take time and we really study out his word, we will see the promises and the I wills that he has declared over our lives. So if I wouldn't have pointed out those I wills, would y'all have noticed them? Some of us maybe would have. Some of us probably wouldn't have. We would have just read through it, right? But if we'll take the time and we will get in his word and we will ask him to speak to us, he will speak and we will know his will. And that will equip us in prayer. Because it's great that we can pray, God, I need you to do this. And, I, and I, I need this. God, help me do this. But how many, there is more power in your prayers when you pray God's word back to him. So, God, I thank you that you are bringing me out of this addiction. God, I thank you that you will rescue me. You will rescue my family members who are struggling in addiction. You will rescue my children who are struggling with whatever they're struggling. God, that you will redeem us. God, that you take us as your people. When you speak God's word back to him, he takes notice. And he's like, oh, whoa, that child of mine, she's been in her word. She knows what I promised, and she's claiming it, and she's taking it. And so we have to know God's word to know his will, and that is how we pray. We just pray and talk to God, and we pray his will back to him. And so that's the first element of prayer is we have to know God's word to know his will. The more you know his word, the more you're going to know his will, and the more you're going to be able to fight in prayer. Now, I want to clarify, prayer is not us asking God to get on our boat. You know what I'm saying? It is not us saying, God, get in line with what we want to do. No. Prayer is just us communicating with God and inviting. It invites, he invites us through prayer to get in line with what he's doing. God, what are you doing that I can be a part of? God, what are you doing that I can step into and step out of and be a voice of truth for someone who's hurting? Be an encouragement. Be a friend. What can I get in line with you, Lord, through your word? So that's what prayer is. Prayer is communicating with the Father and asking, it, asking him to help us get in line with what he is doing. So the second point of prayer that I want us to look at is the Holy Spirit prays for us 
according to the will of God for our lives, even when we don't open our mouth, the Holy Spirit prays for us. And the last part of that point, if you reread it, it says, God hears our prayers, cries and groans, and the Holy Spirit, what? Intercedes for us. He intercedes for us. And so, what happens when you don't know what to pray? What happens when you don't know the will of God in a specific area of your life? The Spirit does, right? So this, we're going to read in Romans 8, 26 through 27 that this is true. And it says, The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, if we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows the Spirit, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit, what? Pleads for us, believers, in harmony with God's will. And so not only do we have to know the word, to pray the word, but even when we don't know what to pray, I think this is so cool, even when you don't know what to pray and you don't know what the will of God is in a specific area of your life, you can be confident that the Holy Spirit knows. And he is forever interceding for you even when you are not praying. Even when you are not thinking about praying. Even when you are in your stress, you are in a chaotic situation, you can be confident, not only that God hears you and God will answer according to his will, but that the Holy Spirit has got your back. And he is praying the perfect will of the Father over your life, even when you're not aware. How cool is that? That not only does your forever family here at LCHB have your back, but the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you when you accepted Christ to be your Lord and Savior, he has got your back. And he is praying the perfect will of the Father over your life. That's just, that just blows my mind. I was reading that and I was like, wow, what? Because sometimes we don't think, you know, like, yes, we have the Holy Spirit. We invite him. Good morning, Holy Spirit, right? We invite him into our day. We invite him into our life. But we kind of just stop there. I thought it was just so cool that even when I'm not aware, God cares about me enough that the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me is like, I'm praying for her. I'm interceding for her. And he's doing that for each of us at every stage of life that we're in. Doesn't We're all in different seasons, right? Everyone's not in the same season, and that's okay, and that's cool, and God still works, and, and he's working in all of our lives. And the Holy Spirit is specifically praying the perfect will of God for your life and my life at the same time. Whoa! What? That ain't blowing y'all's mind like it blew my mind? That is just so cool that the Holy Spirit in me and in you is praying for each of us all at the same time. But different because we all have a different purpose and we all have a different plan that the Lord has for us. I think that is so awesome. So you can be confident that God hears your prayers. He will answer according to his will. And the Holy Spirit is ever interceding for you. And he is praying the perfect will of the Father over your life. So the next point we're going to talk about is not only does the Holy Spirit empower us to live victorious lives, but he prays for us according to the will of God. When we pray in the Spirit, we pray the will of God because the Spirit is praying through us. So hold up. Y'all ready? We're about to go in. We're about to talk about something that is um, a little controversial. And y'all know here at LCHP that we preach the whole Bible, right? If it's controversial, guess what? We're going to talk about it. 
And so we're diving in. We are specifically talking about speaking and praying in tongues. Okay? And this is not weird. Okay? It is a controversial subject. But the Holy Spirit prays through us. This is a weapon we get to use. Y'all know I like devil shanking and kicking the devil in the butt. And I like stomping on his head like... Give me a weapon. I'm going to war and I'm going to kill him. Okay? This is another weapon, another gift that God gives us to fight the enemy. This is another gift that God gives us to fight the enemy. So speaking or praying in tongues is not weird, but it is spiritual. And it should be normal to us. Okay? It should be normal. So, um... Have any of y'all growing up had a, a secret language with your sibling or a friend or like a secret code word or secret hand suit? I'm the only one. Me and Sam are the only ones. Okay? It's fine. We used to, um, when we were in private school, we used to speak in pig Latin because we thought our teachers couldn't understand what we were saying. I don't even know if I know how to do it anymore. Um, but we had like secret languages with each other. And when we did like this or something, it meant hide because the parents are coming, you know, um, or... When we whistled or we went, or whatever, it meant you better quit doing what you're doing because mom and dad are coming and you're going to get in trouble. You know, like we had secret code words and we had secret languages and we had secret hand signals and all this kind of stuff. And the Holy Spirit just revealed to me that is how we should view the spirit of praying in tongues. That's how we should view the, the, the gift of speaking in tongues is you know, when our parents looked at us and they knew we were doing that, they knew what we were doing. They weren't dumb, you know. And when you look at maybe your kids who are doing funny stuff and they got secret languages and secret code words, you know, you're not like, that's weird. Stop doing that. You're just being a weirdo. Do you do that? No. And that is how it should be in the body of Christ is when, some, when we hear that someone is praying in tongues or we talk about it, we should not cringe or be like, I'm not going to be their friend because they say they pray in tongues. You know, like, it should be normal to us because it is a gift of the Holy Spirit that he gives us so we can fight the enemy. And so, I'm, it's fine, I'm going to go home and tell Sam we're the only ones who ever had secret languages and secret code words and whatever. It's fine. I will be alone on that one. It's okay. Me and Sandra are going to have secret languages and secret code words. We are. We're going to. And so that is how we should view the gift of speaking in tongues. And we're going to read 1 Corinthians 14 too. And it says, if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. And so just like me and Sam had our own secret language, we were talking directly to each other, right? No one else knew what we were saying or what this sign meant or no one knew, right? It was just me and her. That is how praying or speaking in tongues is with you and God. It is your own personal secret language with the Father. How cool is that? Oh my gosh, yes, Lord, I want my own secret language with you so nobody else knows what I'm saying and the enemy doesn't know what I'm saying so he can't combat what I'm praying because when you're praying in English, right, the enemy knows what you're praying, okay? He knows what you're praying. He can understand what you're saying. But when we pray through the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit prays through us, the enemy has no clue what you're praying. No clue. He is lost. He is devastated at what you're praying. 
It sends him into a tizzy, sends him into a little bit of a chaos. And I'm like, yeah, get in chaos, man. You better, I want to make you live in chaos when it comes to my life. You ain't going to know what the Lord's doing in my life, right? That is how we should view this. So it's our own secret language with, the, with, with God our Father. And so we're going to finish reading that scripture. And it says, since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit. But it will all be mysterious. I like that word, mysterious. So it is all mysterious to us, and it is all mysterious to the enemy. He has no clue. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, If I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. And so what Paul is saying is we got to have a balance here, right? We've got to pray in words we understand, which means we have to pray the will and the word of God. And then we have to take it a step further and say, okay, now I'm going to pray through the Spirit. So I can pray mysteries and I can pray the perfect will of God even though I have no clue what I'm praying, right? And the enemy has no clue what you're praying. And so we have to have both. We have to do both. And then 1 Corinthians 14, 18 says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. And this is Paul. And if anyone can boast in the Bible, I believe it is Paul. Yo, when anyone gets saved, it is because something that Paul's wrote, right? Paul was a, man, if Samantha calls him um, her Bible boyfriend, and um, I would claim him too because he is like a warrior for Christ, y'all. He is paving the way, right? And if Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you, then shouldn't we, you know, and he's not being boastful about it, but he's telling them, hey, if I speak in tongues and I'm following after Christ, shouldn't we should all desire this weapon. We should all desire this gift. So let's do it. Let's ask him. We should all desire this weapon of warfare. Not only does it edify us spiritually, but it edifies us physically. So I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 14, 19. And it says, But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. So what this scripture gives us is, it would be weird if I was up here preaching and speaking in tongues. Because it wouldn't be edifying you whatsoever, right? Because you're not going to know, you're not, you don't know what I'm saying. So what Paul is saying is I would rather speak five understandable words that the congregation is going to understand, that's going to penetrate their heart, that they can grab hold of, that they can deposit in their life, than I would rather speak in tongues or pray in tongues. And so we have to have both. Um, me and Pastor Ann, y'all would never know. Unless I'm telling you right now. But you would have never known that up here during worship, we are praying in the Spirit. We are praying in the Spirit because the Spirit edifies the will of God over our life, right? And then it edifies our physical body. It gives strength. It gives energy to our physical bodies. And so speaking in tongues is a gift and a weapon given to benefit us spiritually, but also physically, so this weapon of tongues gives us the ability to fight the enemy when we don't have the exact words to pray. And, and I've said that, but I want to bring it home to you. So 
my um, our church is under this um, NRP, which is Network of Related Pastors. And I remember my mom and dad coming home from a um, conference, and they were like, we got to tell you all this story. Like, mom got the gift of tongues and um, praying in the spirit. And, and I was like, what? That's weird. Okay. <laughs> you know? And uh, so they started sharing this story with us, and, and there was this... Um, this woman and her girlfriends that were out on a girl's day. Any of y'all like girl's day? Yeah, we're having a girl's day tonight. And um, they were out with their girlfriends. And um, the girl, the lady sitting in the passenger seat had a vision or a flash of a car wreck of this car wrapped around this pole, like just destroyed. And she told her, her girlfriends about it. And they were like, well, we just need to start praying in the spirit. How many of us... When the Lord gives us a vision or something crappy's going on in our life, do we respond with, let's pray in the Spirit? Do we, we don't do that with our girlfriends because it is considered strange. But it is normal. It's normal. It was so normal to them to pray in the Spirit that they did not care that they were in a car with their, with their BFFs. They were comfortable. That's how we should be. And so they started praying in the Spirit, and, and the woman gets home, and she gets a call from her daughter, and she says, Mom, I just want you to know I'm okay. I'm good. But I was in a car wreck. And she describes a car wreck, and it is exactly the vision that the Lord had given her mom. The only reason why this girl was okay and alive, because she should have been dead. The people who pulled her out of her car said, you should have died. It's because they were warring and praying in the Spirit. Because they didn't know what to pray, Right? But the Holy Spirit knew exactly what to pray. He knew the perfect will of the Father. He knew that her daughter needed protection. And my mom said, you know what, after I heard that story, I wanted that gift. Because I wanted to be able to fight for you girls and Levi the way that this woman fought for her daughter, even though she didn't know it was her. Wow. Wow. It is a game changer. And I feel like this is where a lot of us get stuck. Because first of all, we get stuck and we don't pray because we don't know the will of God because we're not in our word, right? And then we're stuck because we don't, we don't um, take advantage of the gift and the person of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Okay? So these women were in the word, Okay? These women knew that they had a gift that God gave them through the person of the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of them. And so, you know what? They took advantage of it when they had no clue what to pray. That is the power of the gift of praying and speaking in tongues. It's not weird. I would feel totally comfortable if I was in the car with my girlfriends and being like, girls, the Lord just showed me this, and I have no idea what it means. I need us to pray in the Spirit. I need us to allow the Holy Spirit to pray the perfect will of the Father through us. So whoever it is, whether they are related to me or not, that God's will would be done in their life and that his perfect will would, would play out. That is how powerful the gift of praying in the Spirit is for us. As believers, as New Testament believers, we get to claim and use that gift. So, so awesome. And so, like I said, we have to have a balance. We have to pray in words we understand, and then we get to pray in the Spirit. And them together are like dynamite to the enemy. When we pray the will of God, we can be confident, right, that He hears us and He will answer according to His will. 
We know that the Holy Spirit is ever interceding for us, and now we get to take it a step further and start praying in the Spirit. So it's like, wham, 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 all in the enemy's head, right? Or like, kick, 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 you know, like kicking him in the butt. Whatever weapon you want to pick, whatever forms of annihilation you want to use on the enemy, you are welcome to use them. And if y'all don't view the enemy like that, y'all need to start viewing him like that. Because he is not out to play with you. He is out to kill, steal, and destroy your life and the will and the purpose that God has for your life. And that is how you have to view warring and praying against the enemy is you are out to take him out. I'm out to take him out. So the last point we're going to talk about is God hears our prayers, but we have to listen to his word. We have to refuse to allow discouragement and unforgiveness to rob us of faith to believe his promises. This is why, again, we teach, get in this yourself. If you don't know where to start, we'll help you. We're at me, and, me and Samantha are starting Hosea 1. We're going to read through the 12 um, minor prophets starting tomorrow. You can hop on in with us. You know what? You can do it. Get a plan. God hears our prayers, but we have to listen to his word. If we read it and we don't pay attention and we're not diving into what he's actually saying, are we really retaining anything or are we just checking it off our list? We have to listen to his word and we have to refuse to allow discouragement, unforgiveness to rob us of our faith to believe his promises. So you have to know it. Hear it in order to pray it and believe it. I'm going to say that again. You got to know it, hear it, in order to pray it and believe it. That's for free. You better write that down. Okay? You have to know his word. You have to hear his word That in order to pray his word and believe his word. If you don't know his word and you don't hear his word, how are you going to pray it and how are you going to believe it? How are you going to stand on it when life starts to crumble? You won't. We won't. I, won't, I can't do it without his word. So you have to know it and hear it in order to pray it and believe it. Exodus 6, 9 says, So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said, but they refused to listen anymore. They had become too, what? Discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. And we read that at the beginning, right? So in Exodus 4, when Moses first spoke to the children of Israel, the words that the Lord had given him, those seven I wills, right? The Egyptians started to oppress them harder, and Pharaoh increased their workload. So a couple chapters before this chapter, Moses goes to Pharaoh, and he tells them what God, he says, right, the famous phrase, let my people go, right? We know that. Let my people go. And what does Pharaoh do? He don't let them go. But he makes their workload harder. So the Egyptians were giving them grain and stuff to, to work. And well, now he like cut all the help that they were giving them, that he was giving them. And they had to do triple the work that they were doing. And y'all, oppression back then was being beat and worked for 24 hours. This was not oppression that we feel like we experience now. This wasn't someone calling us a name. Okay, this wasn't someone being rude to us. This was physical abuse. Okay, this was oppression spiritually, but also physically for them. 
And so the Egyptians oppressed them harder, and Pharaoh increased the workload. So the first time they got their hopes up, hopes up, guess what? Life got harder. So now they're reluctant to believe God. How many times has this happened to us? How many times in your life have you grabbed hold of a promise that God gave you and then crap happened in your life? Me. How many times have you grabbed hold of a promise for your kid or your grandkid and they got worse? Well, not me because I don't have grandkids, but I got one kid. But how many times have you grabbed hold of a promise for healing in your life and your diagnosis got worse? How many times have we done that? How many times has that happened to us? That we've grabbed hold of a promise. We got our hopes up, right? Like God is going to do this. God told me that he's going to help me save $5,000 to have a home birth. I'm speaking from experience. Lord, I need $5,000 to pay cash for having Xander at home. And I held on and I held on and crap broke, y'all. Our car broke down. I mean, all kinds of stuff started breaking. And we were, and, and I was like, no, no. God said it, so I believe it. And so no matter how many times we have to empty our savings account, God is going to do this. And y'all, you know what? God gave us more than $5,000. He gave us $8,000, y'all, to recompensate what we had to take out of our savings. And that, what, that was through, you know, Ian's job, getting a raise, my work, Lord bringing me clients and customers. And then that was through people, Y'all, there was like three times someone gave us $1,000. And I have no idea who they are. God will keep his promises if you will hold on to the promise, regardless of what is going on around you, regardless if it gets harder. So we should learn from the children of Israel. The oppression was a sign that the promise was true. The oppression or the resistance that you're feeling is a sign that the promise that God wants to bring in your life and fulfill in your life is true. Now listen, as Christians, we're going to face opposition. We're going to face resistance. So if you are not facing resistance at work, if you are not facing pullback at work, are you really living for the Lord? Because living for Jesus, you are going... it. When we live for Christ, we are going counter. Y'all, this fly up here. I'm about to, I'm about to send it to hell. <laughs> Straight up. It keeps getting in my face. When we choose to live for Jesus, it ain't always rainbow sunshines and butterflies. Right? Life happens. We still live in a sinful world. And so when we accept Jesus now, what... Once we were going with the world, right? When we accepted, now we're going countercultural to what the world is doing. How they are living, how they are speaking, how they're saving their money, how they're budgeting, how they're dating, how they're raising their kids. We now go countercultural to what they do. So we are going to experience resistance. We are going to experience pushback and oppression. We're going to experience it. I'm not going to lie to you. 
I'm going to tell you the truth. You're going to experience it. In ministry, you are going to experience pushback and resistance because guess what? We're all sinners saved by grace trying to work together. You're going to experience resistance. But we have to recognize that that sign of resistance, that sign of oppression, it is our sign that the promise that God has spoke to us is going to come to pass. Because if we're not experiencing resistance, we haven't held on to a promise of God. Hold on. When those oppressions and that pushback and that resistance starts coming your way, don't throw in the towel. Like Ann said, don't just, you know, you laid down your sin and you picked it. Don't pick it back up. Leave it there. Leave it there. And hold on to that promise. And you know what? Dig your heels in deeper. Get deeper in the word. Get deeper in prayer. Start praying in the spirit. This is how we fight you guys, this is how the promises of God become true in our lives. Is when push comes to shove, we don't move. We stand firm. So Satan tries, and he is going to try to use pushback, resistance, and discouragement in order to rob us of our faith to believe and receive the promises. The enemy is going to try and discourage you. He's going to try and steal your faith. Are you going to let him? Mark eleven twenty two through 26 says, it says, So Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but what believes that those things he, has set, he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And then this last part of these last two scriptures, I was like, me and dad were talking about this. I was like, this really doesn't go with what the Lord is talking about above, right? He's talking about whatever you say you will have. You tell this mountain to move and it'll move. And he's speaking about faith and he's speaking about belief. And then he goes into, whenever you stand in praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you for your trespasses. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And so discouragement and unforgiveness move us from a place of faith to a place of resistance and bitterness and unbelief. And so if we have unforgiveness, bitterness, or unbelief in our hearts, we cannot say to this problem in our life, this trial in our life, to move. And it moved. So if the enemy can steal your faith, he can steal your promise. If the enemy can steal your faith that God is, that God will, he can steal the promise. If the enemy can steal your belief that God is and God will and God said, then he can steal the promise. Are you going to let him steal it? I'm not. I'm over it. I'm, I'm done. Right? There are still areas in my life that 
I have let the enemy steal the promise. And I'm not going to let him anymore. I'm going to plant my feet deep in the word. I'm going to know that when I pray, I'm going to be confident. And you can be confident that God hears you. That his will and his promise that he's given you, he will fulfill. That the Holy Spirit is ever interceding for you when you are struggling, when you are on the mountaintop. He's interceding for you. And that you can use the weapon of praying and speaking in tongues to fight. And that you can hold on to faith and belief. And not allow him to steal that from you. So, I'm going to pray. And I want us to just close our eyes. Let's not allow the enemy's scheme to steal our faith from us anymore. Let's not allow it. Are you over it? Are you over him stealing the promise for your life, for your family, for your kids, for your grandkids, for your workplace, for your boss, for your, for your sister or your brother? Are you over it? Are you over him stealing the promise? I hope you're over it. I'm over it for you. And I'm over it for me. So when we feel fear, anxious, depression, pride, jealousy, anger, bitterness, disbelief creeping up within us, we have to fight with our secret weapon. With the secret language that only God understands. And you know what? If while I was preaching and you were like, Pastor Jess, like, I still think that's kind of strange. That's okay. I still don't fully understand what that means. That's okay. But if I was talking, you realize that you don't have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, that you've never accepted Jesus into your heart and received the gift of the Holy Spirit, then I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. Because I can tell you, yes, are you going to experience pushback and resistance following Jesus? Yeah. But it is going to be the best decision you've ever made in your life. It is the most amazing journey because you know you're not alone. That God hears you. He's, he hears your prayers. He's going to answer according to His will and the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. And LCHP has got your back, just like the Holy Spirit's got your back. You're not on this journey alone. And so if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to do that today, I want to ask you to do something that you do every day. I want to ask you just to raise your hand and we're going to pray together. If you've never accepted Jesus, or maybe you have accepted Jesus and you've walked away and you fell and you've messed up and, and you've forgotten what it's like to be in love with God and you want to rededicate your life, I want you to raise your hand. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. I feel like the Holy Spirit um, is saying that if you want the gift of speaking or praying in tongues, all you have to do is ask him for it. All you have to do is ask him for it. And so if that is a desire of your heart, ask him for it and he'll give it to you. It's not weird. It's not strange. 
It's normal. He wants to give it to you. One other thing is if you are in a rough spot, if you are experiencing resistance, if you are experiencing oppression, if you are in a struggle right now and you want prayer, I want you to stand up. If there is a situation in your life where you are struggling, maybe it's not you, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's an it's at your workplace and and you're just in a season of just struggle. I want you to stand up. No one's looking around. People are people are praying for you right now. Our leaders are praying for you. I want you to know God wants God is meeting you there. And the enemy knows since you just stood up, that was a declaration of saying I'm over it. I'm over letting the enemy steal my promise. And so I'm going to pray for you this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now into every situation, God, every person that is standing up. Holy Spirit, we invite you into that situation, specifically into their situation. God, and I speak the promises that you spoke over the Israelites Lord, God, that you will bring them out. God, that you will rescue them. God, that you will redeem them. God, that you will take them as your people. God, that you will be their God and that you will bring them into the land that you have promised. God, and that you will give them an inheritance that cannot be stolen. Holy Spirit, we thank you, God, that you are moving. We invite you, God, I pray, God, that you would give those that are standing boldness and courageousness, God, to face whatever they are facing. God, with confidence that you are beside them. God, that you are walking with them through it. God, and that you have fully equipped them to fight the enemy because you're fighting with them. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I seal this work that you have done in their life, Lord, today. And I ask you to be with them and to bless them as they go about their week. God, as they go about their life, God, that they would constantly be reminded of who you are and what you say they are, who you say they are, Lord. God, we ask you to be with all of us today, God, as we come and we go. God, we pray your blessing over each person in this house. God, over each person that's going to walk through these doors. God, that's driving by. God, that they would feel your tangible presence. God, they would feel your love. God, we love you. God, we thank you for speaking to us and meeting with us today, Lord. God, so we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. Thanks for joining us at LCHP. You are dismissed. Kick the devil in the butt this week.